0: We get it. Distractions happen. That's why we designed the fully electric, full-sized Volvo EX90 with the latest technology to keep you and those around you safe. Its two-sensor driver understanding system is designed to prevent distractions and help you stay focused. Reserve your Volvo EX90 today. Learn more at volvocars.com US.
1: Hey, this is Carl. Have you ever thought about building a side project to reach escape velocity or generate a second income? If so, you should check out Nugget. Nugget is a community of software developers who build side projects. They have show and tells, training webinars, live mentoring, and active forums. And they even have over 300 startup ideas with analysis to get your creative juices flowing. Membership is just $19.99 a month, and you can get a taste of what they offer for free. No credit card required. Just go to nugget.netrocks.com to check it out. Welcome back to .net Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. And, uh, man, it's fun to be back in the studio. Uh, we're going to be talking all about, uh, all about Visual Studio for Mac and Xamarin Platform kind we've, of amazing to think about when you hear, you know. Pretty awesome. Where are we? It's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, we've come a long way. Yeah. And uh, we're going to be catching up with Michaela Hutchison in just a few minutes. But first, we have this little thing that we call Better Know a Framework. Awesome. All right, dude, what do you got? Okay. Well, uh, our friend Alistair Clark has written a automapper-like thing. It's called Design Time Mapper. But unlike automapper, instead of the mappings happening at runtime, they are created at compile time using Roslyn to generate extension methods. Oh, so he's effectively running code as you're
2: writing code to build your extension methods on the fly.
1: Yeah, sort of. That's right. I mean, you don't see it getting written, of course, but you know, it's Rosalind. It's magic that happens in the background. Right. It's spooky action at a different at a distance. <laughs> Yes. But uh, you decorate your classes with um, you know map from attributes, and uh, it just works. Wow! Yeah, wow. Mads Torgensen is a quantum method, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> is I don't that even where know. And I think I'm going. I don't there. even
1: know what that means, but I agree
2: with you. Uh, He's quantum something. We haven't talked about Automapper forever, and Jimmy Bogart's such an awesome guy. True. I mean, if you haven't taken a look at Automapper, you should go look at Automapper. It'll make you happy. Yeah, we should get him back on the show and talk about uh, what's new. Absolutely. I'll include a link, too, so you can go take a quick boo at it. It's just this convention-based object matter. But Alistair, really clever stuff here, man. So you're doing mappings while we're writing the code. That is neat. Pretty cool. Check oh. it out. Know it, learn it, love it. Who's talking to us, Richard? Grab a comment off of show 1336, which we did back in August of 2016 with David Neal. Ah. And, we, and we were talking about cross-platform apps, because I suspect we're going to talk about cross-platform today. I mm, kind of think so, yeah. And this comment comes from, I guess, a pseudonym, Maze, okay. Ness, who says, I'm a regular listener to .NET Rocks, and I love the show. Thanks. I'm also primarily a Linux desktop user, and I welcome the recent shifts towards .NET being cross-platform. Wow. Hmm. A Linux desktop user that also listens to .NET Rocks. That is very awesome. Welcome, Maze. Definitely. The Linux, de- I haven't tried a Linux desktop in a decade, literally, so clearly yeah. it's time and he's encouraging me right here. Mm-hmm. The Linux desktop has its challenges, but in many ways, it's vastly superior to both OSX and Windows. Firstly, Windows operations, launching applications are all very fast and super snappy, even on my Core Duo laptop with two gigs of RAM. <laughs> Holy man, I haven't had a machine with that little compute. That's like five laptops ago. Yeah. Uh, both of the major desktop environments, GNOME and KDE, hey, wait a second. If we're going to talk to Xamarin people, mm. uh, you know what Miguel used to work on? I'm going to let that go. Yeah, okay. Have consistent UIs like OSX, so you have a more consistent look and feel. Your applications are generally very well integrated because there is a lot of shared infrastructure. Your individual applications don't have to consume much RAM. They don't need to have their own notifications, IP signaling, clipboard code, and so on. Mm-hmm. Additionally, the actual desktop environments tend to be extremely feature-dense. You don't need to install a separate application to have a history of your clipboard, edit, or search through it. You don't need a separate application to record sequential screenshots with a naming convention. The system tray integrates correctly with the virtual desktop, unlike Windows 10. You have many, many Windows-level controls, grid workspaces, and the ability to back up and replicate these things easily. And you see the Linux theme here. Total detail control of everything. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I see. Yeah. Yeah. Now, but he goes on to say, it's not all rainbows and sunshine. Many proprietary applications don't have native Linux versions, or if they do, they get left behind feature-wise. The desktop moves at a fairly fast place, and anything that isn't optimal often gets abandoned and rewritten from scratch until it's great. Unfortunately, this means that applications often have a hard time keeping up, and new applications take a while to mature. It's also heavily subject to graphics drivers because it's not a primary platform for ATI and Intel. Right. It's not unheard of to get graphics corruption issues when trying to use the latest versions of KDE and GNOME with new hardware. Hmm. And this is always the problem, right? Yeah. You're not going to get your best driver writer if you're, you know, NVIDIA or any of these companies for the Linux edition yep. because it's not the primary customer. So, they, they, you know, you end up or the guy takes a quick pass on it. It's only so, so good. But it's really cool to sort of get that reminder that cross platform represents a lot of different things. We did a show a couple of years ago with it with was Mark Rendell talking about actually building out that early cross platform .dot net development environment on a Linux box and how challenging that was. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but this I come out of this maze thinking ah, I gotta grab a machine and take uh, Linux out for a spin again, especially since Kerbal Space Program runs on Linux.
1: Ah, there you yeah. go. Did I say that out loud? Okay. Yeah, that's a good reason for you. <laughs> yes. So, Maze, thank you
2: so much for your comment. A .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at dot or via any of our social media, because we publish every show to Facebook and Google+. And if you
1: comment there and we read it on the show, we'll send you a mug. And follow us on Twitter. He's at Rich Campbell. I'm at Carl Franklin. Send us a tweet. We map them somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where we map them. I think we map them to uh, the outbox. Nice. I don't even know what that means. Anyway, uh, let's bring on our guest, Michaela Hutchinson. Michaela is a Senior Program Manager on Visual Studio for Mac and Xamarin Platform at Microsoft. Previously, she developed the mobile and web tooling for Xamarin Studio and was a core developer on MonoDevelop. You can follow her on Twitter at MJ Hutchinson. Welcome, Michaela. Hi.
0: How are you? Good, thanks. Um, Good.
1: Yeah, it's great to be back on the show. Yeah, that's right. You were on the show um, way before, 11, 2011, weren't you, on a panel, yeah. Dev Teach.
0: Yeah, it was a long time ago, uh, in a past life, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: And that was an interesting discussion we had back then about sort of mobile development and where it's going. But a lot has sort of happened since 2011, hasn't it, in this space?
0: Yeah that was in that was in the gap when the entire mono team had been laid off from Novell, and we weren't really sure um what future um uh the the monotouch product um, had back then um and I was on a panel telling everyone they should they should use it um
2: which was <laughs> a little bit <weird.
0: laughs> yeah Um, but yeah, during that conference, I was accepting a contract to work for Xamarin Mm -hmm. and we announced that a few days later and the rest is history, I guess.
2: Yeah. But at that time it was very scary, right? Like you, you were literally in the gap of, is this going to work? Like 2011 was early days for the idea of cross platform mobile development. Like it was kind of nuts. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like everything was in flux. Um, like I'd originally been going to just do that conference i i i live in the u.s so i'm originally from the uk um but then then after we all got laid off i had to leave the country um because i was on a visa Mm, Um, right so i ended up leaving the country via that conference wow Um, because you were um, in montreal
2: you were already out of the u.s
0: yeah yeah Yeah. and there's no way i would have been able to get back in Um, yeah
2: Even then, you're talking about back then in 2011. Hey, I found your original your bio here, which talks about you developing a Mono Develop IDE, and it says at the end he hopes to join Xamarin soon to continue work on Mono. (laughs) Hopes, hopes. (laughs) I guess it worked out. You've been there ever since.
0: Yeah, it really did, and it's it's really exciting to see how far it's come. Like so many more people are. Are using our tools to write incredible, incredible apps, and it's yeah. it's really exploded in a way that we could have barely imagined and hoped for back back then.
2: Oh, it's it is absolutely astonishing. And heck, you're a Microsoft employee now, like
1: how that? <laughs> <down, laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah it's kind of it's kind of mind-blowing um especially now now that i'm working on visual studio for mac which
1: is right and let's talk about that <laughs> let's talk about visual studio for mac um we have sort of surmised that it, it's kind of like uh xamarin studio recompiled and re rebranded but it, how much is that true and how much is it really visual studio and in, in the sense that we know visual studio on windows and are they coming together anytime soon
0: that's a good question. So yes, it is an evolution of Xamarin Studio, um, which itself is based on, on Mono Develop, which is open source. And we're still doing a lot of the work in the open source repository. Um, it's, it's, it is a, it is a branding change. Um, but it is also, it's, it's, I guess a sort of change of, Change of what we're trying to achieve with it. Like mm. it's no longer just a mobile development tool. It is. It is a tool for for mobile and cloud development. So you can write your app and its back end all in one place. Um, and now we're working more closely with other teams, like the Roslyn team and so on, to to integrate code from from VS into VS for Mac. So so going. Forward, we're definitely we have big plans for for integrating them more closely and sharing a lot more code. Because
2: um, you can build Mac OS apps with this, right? You, you've always had a yeah. Xamarin's always had C sharp for the Mac.
0: Um, yeah we have Xamarin.Mac, uh, Xamarin uh .mac which is which is a binding of the Cocoa frameworks to C# and and uh you can actually now use that um in VS on Windows as wow. well as long as you have a, a a Mac build agent.
1: Yeah, I've wanted to do Mac desktop apps for a while with Xamarin Mac but not knowing anything about the Mac development environment um or the the in, and by that, I don't just mean the IDE. I mean the whole idea, the whole process of what it means to be a Mac developer and the architecture of the system. Sort of, uh, I shied away from diving into it because of that. Even though I knew that I could write C sharp, well, that's fine, but you gotta kind of got to know what you're writing against.
0: Yeah, that's that. That is true. That it that's always been our position that to write a native app you need to really understand the expected user experience on the system that you're that you're writing your app for. Um, and that's something we've tried to do in the yes, for Mac as well. We try to make it feel like like a real native Mac Mac app, because um, that's what Mac users expect.
2: Right, so you have the expectations of the Mac users themselves. I think it's got to be challenging to educate developers on like this is what it's supposed to look and feel like.
0: Um, yeah, it's a it's an interesting balance to to strike because um, we we're trying to make it feel like VS and also to feel like a Mac app. Right. Yeah, this is a deep conflict of interest because Studio for, and we
2: forget because we've been in Studio for so long. I mean, literally, it's the twentieth anniversary of Visual Studio is a deeply opinionated IDE. Mm. And we have just mm-hmm. always lived in it. So we don't even realize that it has opinions until you try and work in a different world where it's like, why do you care about these things?
0: Um, yeah. And, uh, we've, we've definitely always been very deeply inspired by VS. uh, all of the, like we've all we've always had the concept of solutions and like all that kind of thing that came, mm-hmm. that that came from VS back when we were writing uh, mono develop on Linux years ago. So we've definitely always had that, the same kind of core principles. Uh, it's a balance between getting enough of the core principles and idioms and metaphors and so on that it's familiar. Um, but also making sure that it doesn't break the expectations um, of, of of users on the platform um, sure. where, where, where they're using it.
2: And mono develop isn't going anywhere, right? Like it's that's still a product being developed, continuing on.
0: Uh, yeah, it's still there, um, and um, you can go and look at it on GitHub and build it from source. And there are branches where you can see the .NET Core support uh, being added. And and you can see it being upgraded to Roslyn 2, um, to to at C Seven support and bring over some of those features from VS Twenty Seventeen and so on.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this great consolidation around one sort of flavor of Open Source .NET. I think it's a it's a good thing, but it's not a small thing.
0: Yeah. The, well, the whole open sourcing um, thing has been hugely beneficial. Uh, there is there is no way that we could have got VS for Mac to where it is now if it weren't for the fact that Roslyn was open sourced and MS Build was open sourced and so on. So we've really spent the past couple of years integrating those. Uh, so
1: does Samarin Studio still exist as a product?
0: Uh, it does currently.
1: Okay. And are you, are you reaching parity? Is that the whole idea that eventually it will just morph into Visual Studio for Mac?
0: I can't really speak to that point right now, um, okay. but yes, VS for Mac ha- is definitely at this point a superset of 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 Access. Good, good. We took we took Access as our starting point, then we added cloud and web and .NET Core. To that, and did a bunch of tweaks and branding and so on to make it to make it feel like VS, um, even down to tiny things like renaming code completion to IntelliSense and ah. renaming add-ins to extensions.
2: Interesting. Has yeah, it very... mostly been the Xamarin folks who are working on this, or is there is there a contingent in Redmond working
0: as well? It is a shared effort. Um, like we are, we are definitely leading the development, but there are um, other teams who are contributing to it.
2: And just to be clear, you're in you're part of the Boston team, right? Because there's also a group in San Francisco.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, Boston is where uh, Xamarin platform uh, engineering is based. That's right. where Miguel is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's um, that. It's technically where Xamarin, where Xamarin was founded, even though the right. headquarters and en- ended up in San Francisco.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and we the have, center like, of the universe
2: seems to be wherever Miguel is.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Miguel's been here for like. As uh, long as I can remember.
2: Sure. Oh and no, I'm sure there was plenty of pressure on him over the years to be in San Francisco, but he loves his Boston.
0: He does. And so do I. It's a it's it's a nice city. It's I beautiful to city. For, Like
1: yeah. it's wicked yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let anybody tell you differently. It's wicked awesome. <laughs> Especially the chowder.
2: All right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. The but selfie and, just uh, came out of him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when I moved over here to work for Miguel in the first place uh, from the UK I figured I'd be here for maybe a year and now it's like 8 years and yeah
2: mm. like you said that, that the conversation we had in Montreal
1: in 2011 was the beginning and yeah. uh, you've done it ever since yeah So let's unpack some of the features of uh, Visual Studio for Mac. Um, first of all, Xamarin Studio, I, I know a lot of people that switched to Xamarin Studio for building mobile apps with Xamarin, both for, um, you know, for Android and for, uh, for iOS, just because it was easier. There was less ceremony. It's sort of made for the task, you know, and, um, people like that about Xamarin Studio. You know, there's, there's not a whole lot of extra stuff that has to be uh, has to be included. Um, do you get the same idea for Visual Studio Mac? I mean, you, Visual Studio on the Windows side has a lot of backward compatibility to support and a lot of features that, let's face it, there's so many features people don't even use. It's like that word for Windows syndrome, right? People don't even use half of them, more than half of them. So do you start with, you know, let's just strip down the basics of what we need and we'll add... These and you know maybe enterprise features later
0: to a great extent. Uh, yeah, uh, VS on Windows has been around an incredibly long time and has so so many features that um, it, there's no way that we could port all of them quickly um, in like the time frame that we've been working with. Right. And and I, I, there are a lot of features that we'll never have. Yeah, like, exactly. Like you know, MFC support is is I won't say never, but like that's not something I I really expect to ever have sure. on on Mac because it just doesn't really make sense there. Right. Um, so we're kind of looking in one sense we're starting with a clean slate. Uh, we still do have some legacy, like technically we have some old like ASP .NET support that. I wrote as a student back in 2006 that's huh. still in there and you can still use to write MVC apps and so on. Um, but going forward, uh, we're definitely focusing on features that people want to use um, for the apps they're working on um, now, uh, their mobile and cloud apps.
1: Yeah, okay. Cloud apps, so a lot of Azure support. Everything you can do with Azure or
0: most of it? Uh, That's a work in progress. Okay. (laughs) Um, Azure is definitely a big part of our story, as is uh, .NET Core and Mm -hmm. uh, ASP.NET Core. And that's something we'll be focusing a lot um, in the future. Okay.
2: So are we talking about specific features of Azure? I'm thinking about some of the the mobile-specific features of Azure.
0: Yeah. We already have the support to add um, Azure app services to your mobile app using the... uh, Connected services node in the solution tree. Um, that's kind of the beginning um, of our Azure integration. Uh, over time, we'll, we'll be adding more support for other other ser- services and the ability to publish your ASP.NET Core apps um, to Azure and things like that.
2: I don't envy you trying to keep up with the Azure guys. They are making so much stuff. It's kind of crazy. Yep.
0: Yeah, it's really incredible. Um, I'm super impressed by by what they're doing.
2: It's just the, the velocity and trying to figure out, like, how are people going to use this right now? I like, mean, it used to be there's just a set of mobile services focused on that, but service fabric, logic apps, like, you pick all these pieces they could impact. You could use them inside of a mobile back end. So, which, you know, which ones would you make super trivial to get to?
0: Yeah. Well, as, so as we're working on these, I would love to hear from People, which of these things they, they care about the most, uh, what sure. features they, they would like to see. So, so, uh, any listeners who, who want to, uh, send me a tweet or an email, uh, or post on, on our feedback site, um, I, I, I would love to hear from you, um, because we're making the app for, we're making VS for Mac for our users.
2: Yeah, that's cool. I mean, and you can comment on the DotNet Rock site too. I'll make sure Michaela sees it, and I might right. send you a mug. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah. It. It. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at the. Sc- I haven't got a Mac, so I haven't installed this. I. W- I. W- I've looked at the screenshots. It looks very Studio-ish. But it. T- it feels to me like this is the tool you want to use to build mobile first and foremost. The, the Mac OS stuff gets the whole of the conversation really.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, our our primary targets for mobile um, are definitely iOS and Android. Um, Mm -hmm. Those have have always been our bread and butter. Um.
2: Looking to refresh your closet, home, or beauty routine this spring? Walmart's got all the stylish goods in one stop. From chic new looks and the latest makeup to quality furniture and tableware, Go
0: to walmart.com slash trending. That's walmart.com slash trending for the hottest fashion, home, and beauty finds. Your style at Walmart.
2: So if you're working in in Visual Studio for Mac, building a a Xamarin app for iOS and Android, uh, what's the story with the Android emulator? I mean, obviously the iOS emulator, everything's going to be great. You're already in a Mac.
0: So on a Mac, uh, you can use the Google uh, Android emulator with hardware acceleration via Haxm, and it's 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 pretty good. Um, Yeah, it's 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 snappy. It's faster than a real device.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That says something, right there. (laughs) So is that, that that's the the emulator is part of
0: Android Studio? Uh, so our installer installs the emulator for you. So you don't have to worry about setting that nice. up.
2: Okay. Yeah. So you, do, uh-huh. you it's just part of the install. It's there and it is quick. Although they oh, yeah. like said it's probably even faster than the actual device. So make sure you do test on devices too.
0: Yeah. It, 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 still takes a little, a little time to boot and so on. And if you have a device, uh, I would definitely recommend using that just cause it's a I have fidelity experience than the uh, the new emulator, and there's always Test Cloud. Yes, right. there is. Right, I've i I've, I've completely lost track of how many different kinds of devices we have there. It's it's pretty incredible.
2: Oh no, you are the ultimate drawer of broken dreams. That place, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> the sheer volume of devices. I I was talking to a group of guys who are now using that to test their mobile web apps. Oh, wow. Know, not using Xamarin or anything like that, but they're just worried about how well their web pages render on different devices. And, and he's like, and, and they say to me, have you seen Xamarin and Tesla?" Well, yes, yes, I have. You got to
1: look at this. <laughs> yeah.
2: And they, and it was exactly that depending on the version of the browser, depending on the OS, like pages render differently. And they, they're trying to get deeper down the stack. So they were, they're very excited about it. I just pulled up the webpage. It says over 2000 device, different devices. Wow. I'm, I'm sad that there's that many, but, you know, <laughs> I, th- I think at one point they said there were 10,000 different Android devices, but, boy, you're getting down the long tail mm. after a couple of thousand.
0: Yeah, that that probably includes things like fridges and, and stuff. <laughs>
2: probably, right. <laughs> That's an interesting problem, isn't it? I I, I want that little picture <laughs> of a refrigerator with the screen on it showing the <laughs> rendered page. I love
1: that. <laughs> So, uh, well, web stuff is a no brainer. A lot of people have Macs and they're building websites. You know, they're not necessarily using any Microsoft technologies on the back end. You know, maybe you're using, uh, Node.js or they're using, uh, oh, whatever, a million things. But, uh, that seems to be the, the hip thing now to have a Mac and build web apps.
0: Uh, yes, it is. Yeah.
1: What, what, what kind of, uh, features do we have
0: for them? this is a tricky question to answer um (laughs) so i i don't want to promise things that might not be exactly like i promise um but i will say that for web that is a key focus and 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 we want we want to make it as good a web development experience as as vs on windows yeah Um, as to how fast we'll get there um I I don't know at this time, Um, but it is a very key priority. Do we have debugging hooks for, say, JavaScript? Uh, We don't have any JavaScript support currently, but it is something that that we've definitely been thinking very deeply about. So
1: we're right on the bleeding edge with this product.
0: Uh, Yeah.
2: It is a preview. Mm. Yep. Very cool. Definitely a preview. But, yeah, it's it's part of the fun of it, right? It's just getting to see what's possible it's kind of, almost kind of a reboot of, of right. uh, the dev environment, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where do you see, like, Visual Studio Code fitting into this equation as well? Because that's another cross-platform solution, although, you know, just an editor.
0: Uh, yeah, so so essentially um, VS Code and VS for Mac, um, it's kind of just like VS Code on Windows and and, and VS. Right. Uh, it's if you want a lightweight Editor with a lot of rich features, um, use VS code. If you, if you want to use, um, an IDE user, use VS or VS for Mac. Um, I actually have both installed. I use them both every day. Oh, really? Um, they're just good for different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way I, the way I've seen most
2: people using Visual Studio Code, well, some folks are dedicated to it. That's part of their main development environment. But where I think it's awesome is just like I need to open up this file and make a change and save it again. I don't want to open a project.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. I'm using it for a lot for a lot of the things I used to use uh, Vim for, for example. Right. Yeah, so it's really a, almost
2: a different relationship for you. Some people don't live in IDEs, and so VS Code becomes the editor. But it, you have a life in an IDE, and you can mm-hmm. have a life outside of an IDE.
0: Yeah, yeah, there are definitely some people who tend towards spending all their time in 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 one or the other. Um, but I think there is a place in the middle for for using each for what it's best at.
2: Yeah, no, I'm with you. This they, it is a more diverse environment these days there's a bunch of different ways to build code and they all have viability i mean the number of people (laughs) whose reaction to visual studio code was hey where's my debugger
0: like wait (laughs) (laughs) yeah and 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 speaking of that uh we're actually um we've actually uh implemented the vs code debugger protocol so we're actually sharing uh debuggers with vs code and, and vs cool um, and, and, and we're, we've also implemented t- t- textmate support. So, so syntax highlighting and so on. We're, we're using the, uh, sy- the syntax highlighting schemes from VS Code. It, we're all part of the VS family. Yeah. Sure. I and mean, share as
2: much code as possible, right? Don't reinvent the wheel. Right.
0: Yeah. Hey, Richard.
2: Yeah, buddy. Guess what time it is now? Uh, I must be that happy time again.
1: Yeah, it's time to move from the Mac IDE to the Mac IDK. I don't know anything about Mac OS. Someone tell me, because I want to be wicked smash like Michaela. <laughs> IDK. IDK. It's actually time to give away a coveted run-as-radio-coffee-mug to one lucky member of the net rocks fan club of course if you don't know run as radio richard campbell's other show is yes. a weekly podcast for it professionals working with microsoft products and every 30 minute episode covers a specific topic in the field of it from a microsoft centric viewpoint richard what's happening in the land of run as
2: radio these days So it's Wednesday, uh, March 8th, when this show is publishing and that we're publishing also on Run As. And I have Stephen Rose on who has a brand new role. He's now running the sort of marketing viewpoint of OneDrive for business. So the conversation really focused on, you know, OneDrive and OneDrive for business, not the same product. No, quite different from each other. And there's a point where you almost look at some of the features of OneDrive for business and say, hey, is that SharePoint? Like, it's really about collaboration and sharing. One like, of the best features, one of the things we talked about a lot, you take a document, you put it into an email, you email it to someone. Who does what, that? Everybody does that, right? <laughs> but if you're in that Office 365 integrated environment, mm-hmm. The uh, Exchange Online service automatically pulls that out of the email, puts it in your OneDrive, maps a share, and replaces it with a link in the email. So when the person gets to it on the other side, it's just a link to the to the document in OneDrive. Hmm. That's smart. Well, and it just stops. You know, is an Exchange administrator, and I've been an Exchange I still am an Exchange administrator just for my own stuff. Yeah. Getting all those heavyweight uh embedments in your email out means your mail's a lot more efficient, you don't end up with multiple copies of things, you know, all of those problems. And this is just resolved automatically, just part of the way OneDrive for Business can work.
1: That's pretty cool. I love how you have all that info on the tip of your tongue. You must, like, interview these people or something. Strange, isn't it? It's great. Well, check out Run As Radio at runasradio.com and definitely dig the retro theme because it's pretty – pretty awesome.
2: That website is full of gags if you're a sysadmin. Yeah. If you're a sysadmin you will laugh. If you're not you don't know why we're doing <laughs> what we're doing. Uh so buddy who's our winner? Today's winner Richard
1: is Stephen Hendry. Oh, congratulations Stephen. Yeah. It's all flat for you sir. Stephen won a coveted run as radio coffee mug just for being a member of the .net rocks fan club. And if you don't know what that is, go to com click on the big get free stuff button answer a few questions and join the net rocks fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world and every show we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member of the net rocks fan club, but you have to sign up to win. And, uh, we'd like to ask our guest Michaela, if you had $5,000 to spend on technology now
0: today, what do you think you'd buy? Oh, that's a really difficult question. Um, <laughs> I guess it depends what you consider technology. Ah, um. uh, it's all right. It's a loose
1: definition. Go right ahead.
0: <laughs> like, I really, I recently got really into, uh, silversmithing. So, oh wow. Of- yeah, wow. So- I don't know anybody that does that. That's so cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so there's a bunch of like really fancy hammers that I would like. Wow i guess that's technically technology well you know richard yeah. and i are
1: old so the last person that we personally knew that did silversmithing was paul revere so <laughs> you know, and he got into pewter and then it was it was downhill from there so there are specific hammers for working silver uh
0: oh yeah yeah um so the thing the thing about the thing is that you're using the hammers to shape it. So you have right. mm. the hammers with all of these curved surfaces and so on. Uh, when you're doing forming, um, you, since silver is a soft metal, um, you essentially have polished steel surfaces. One of them's like an anvil or a stake or something that you're hitting the metal against and then you're hitting it with a with a a hammer which is also a polished steel surface Um, it needs to be polished so you leave very smooth marks
2: sure and, and so you're, it must be a different kind of anvil then, too. Of course, whenever I think of anvil, I think, like, Looney Tunes thing you drop on your foot. But i got to think a silversmithing anvil is a little bit more of a precise instrument.
0: You might be surprised. Like, um I was taking classes at a makerspace, and the anvil they had was exactly what you'd expect. Like this <laughs> huge, huge drop-forged steel anvil, which was incredible. And I, I wish I could have one in my house. When you that hit it, does it go through? you. yeah yeah yes it does um yeah i I, I, the anvil i have is 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 kind of it's about six inches wide um Mm. (laughs) my father i
1: remember my father having a big cast iron or maybe it wasn't cast iron but it was iron i remember (laughs) saying oh my god this is so heavy what's it made of he goes iron yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) then again we used to play with lead too when i was a kid Didn't didn't cause any brain damage, brain damage, brain damage, brain damage, (laughs) brain damage. I don't think anyway. Now, not to go too far down this
2: path because I get fascinated with things, but traditional anvils have, what do they call them, mandrels? Like little blocks that you can stick special fittings into for shaping metal in certain ways? Yeah, yeah. Is that something that you do in silversmithing?
0: Uh, Yeah, there's a couple of kinds of... Of mandrel that I that I've used as a ring man- mandrel, which is essentially this long tapered cylinder of 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 steel that right. you can use to form rings. Um, then there's a much bigger one for bracelets. Uh, there's also these things called stakes, which are kind of just you mount them in the bench, and they're kind of like kind of like mini anvils in a sense hmm. in that they're a metal surface for you to form something against right um, but but they have interesting shapes like curves so you can get hit, you can hit against a curved surface in a way that you couldn't with an anvil because it wouldn't have that specific curve on it well
2: and of course you know we, we tend to think about silver in the form of rings and bracelets and that kind of thing but you think about a silver coffee set. You know, making a making <laughs> mm. a pot from silver—that's you know a whole other level Serious. of hammering.
0: Serious. Um, I've never tried anything like that. About the biggest I've done is a bracelet. I'm mostly focused on like bracelets, earrings, rings, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, sure. Uh, you know, yeah. this
2: is totally geeky stuff, man. I think I get <laughs> yep. you could eat a five thousand bucks in a second on this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely, just so much gadgetry in trying to get the right tools to be able to do the things you want to do with it. So that's oh, really yeah, uh,
0: yeah for sure. Awesome. And there's all sorts of like machinery, like various kinds of like drilling and polishing, and right. Yeah,
2: of course, it's not just about the hammering. Uh
0: huh. <laughs>
2: We got to talk about code. Yeah, uh, well, I think to code. we kind of neglected a little bit about the Visual Studio side of things. I mentioned the debugger just before the break, mm-hmm. but what about uh, source control integration
0: with uh, VSTS online? We don't have any VSTS integration currently, uh, but we do support Git and subversion. Um, so if you have Git repositories on right. VSTS, you can you can use those.
2: Okay. So yeah, another route into it. Uh Yeah. Because VSTS will consume a Git repository, so you've got a direct hook to get Everything's fine. That's another mm-hmm. way to get there. Yep. All right, so source control's an element, debugging's an element, What else? We, obviously the integration into the cloud, being able to talk to <laughs> Azure, although, you know, there's a bunch of ways to get that done. What else is in the studio for the Mac that we need to know about?
0: One of the things that we, uh, that we uh, made sure we had in the first preview, uh, a feature I'm really excited about, is the connected app. Template, which is a file new project template that creates, um, an app and a backend service. Um, so you just file new and you have a, um, you have a Xamarin forms iOS app, Android app, um, a PCL to share code right. between them and nice. then an ASP.NET Core uh, web API backend service wow. and the apps are set up to actually retrieve values from from that service uh, and and so you can just file new project run it and and then we also added the ability to um to debug multiple apps at the same time so you can be debugging your your server and your client so you can ha- so you can then just do file new project say I want to debug both these projects your app launches on the phone you tap on you tap on the app and you hit a breakpoint in the server wow yeah yeah.
2: nice that's cool I also just like that whole hello world it's on the phone calling back to a service in the cloud Mm -hmm. like all those bits are there so that you can see this is a a, you're, you're basically giving us a an architecture to start with
0: yeah
1: and, that, and I appreciate that because it's, it's easy to get baffled.
2: There's a lot.
1: Yes, indeed. Yeah. And it's also nice just to have a little hand-holding and scaffolding. Even if you don't end up using it, you can see what what the critical pieces are and then modify it to your liking.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, and in VS 2017, we're adding those templates too. Very good. So what
2: you're telling me is you guys are actually ahead of v- Visual Studio
0: 2017. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, except for the part about being in preview.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's the new features, right? Yeah. Any
2: sense of when you're going to come out of preview? Like, how early are you in the cycle right now?
0: That's not something I can discuss right now, unfortunately. Um, okay. However, we, we are iterating the previews quite quickly, like every few weeks. So every few weeks, you'll get an update with more features and bug fixes and so on. Hmm. How many versions have you had out already, Michaela? Uh, We've had three previews. Um, We had two before the break and then one since then and another one coming out soon.
2: Nice. Very good. So you are moving pretty fast, which is is cool.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, moving fast means that we can get feedback and we can iterate on that feedback and make sure that we have a really good experience by the time that we that we actually release the final product. Awesome. And is is this thing all open source? Is it on GitHub? Um, It's not all open source, but a lot of it is. Uh, So, so VS for Mac is based on MonoDevelop, and MonoDevelop is open source. That's the core. It's the shell, the project support, the C-sharp support, the Git support, and so on. Um, And then, And then we have some pieces that we developed separately that add branding and some extensions and so on. Mm. Is there anything else that we missed, Michaela? Uh, No, I think think we covered all the key points. Um, All right,
2: very good. Well, help me with one thing then, because I feel like there's a bunch of different products here, right? I mean, you've got Visual Studio for the Mac, you've got MonoDevelop, you've got Xamarin Studio. Uh, Visual Studio Code. Yeah, but but just so you think about stuff coming out of Xamarin alone, right? I mean, which one should I focus on? Obviously, the Visual Studio for the Mac is for the Mac, and it came from MonoDevelop, which also runs on Linux. I guess the the odd duck a little bit is
0: is the Xamarin Studio. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's an excellent question. Um, and I wish I could speak more about it. Um, I guess, I guess. <laughs> We're figuring it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I guess what I would say is, is like, if you're excited about, about all the new stuff going down, uh, check out VS for Mac. And if you want to, um, check out the source and build it yourself and, and, and maybe even contribute some code back, uh, or run it on Linux, then mono develop. Right. Um, and if you want something that is a stable release that you can ship your apps with, like right now, use Xamarin Studio.
2: Yeah, that's that's good thinking, yeah. man. I, I appreciate
0: that. Totally. That's
2: a that's a logical organization right now. Yeah. And, the, and then, of course, you've got the Xamarin add-ins for Visual Studio if you just want to live in <laughs> conventional Studio.
1: Yeah. Yep. Well, that's great. Michaela Hutchison, thanks for joining us. We're going to wrap up a little bit early, but I think it feels like we're done talking about it. So uh, check it out, everybody, and we'll we'll be watching it. And you let us know when there's
0: new stuff to talk about. Yeah, what's Uh the right way to get you feedback? Uh, It really depends on on how people prefer to give feedback. Uh, We have a user voice um, where you can uh, vote on ideas and submit ideas, and that's definitely the way the best way to make sure that we track your ideas and you can show us how popular your ideas were. Um, but also just feel free to, to tweet at me or send me an email, um, mm-hmm. and, and I'll do my best to respond. Awesome. All right, great.
1: And, uh, thanks again for talking to us and we'll see you next time on. net rocks.